Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Good morning, traders and investors. Are you guys ready for pre-market prep? Let's go ahead and talk about today's topic. We got retail sales, import prices, jobless claims, Philadelphia Fed Manufacturing, the Empire State Manufacturing Survey, all slated for the release at 8.30, so we could see a shakeup today in the pre-market. We'll take a look at, of course, the highly anticipated event, Ethereum shifting on over. Then we'll talk about the rail strike, Adobe to buy Figma for about $20 billion. Humana coming out with some guidance. Danaher, Ford unveiling the 2024 Mustang. Who's a Mustang fan? Let me know in the chat. And, of course, we'll touch a little bit on uh, steel getting really hit hard yesterday. We'll talk about that. GoPro and some upgrades on the day. And, of course, our special guest today, Mark Chaikin. You guys know him, the founder of Chaikin Analytics. Let's dive into today's show. It's time to rise and shine, guys. Welcome to Pre-Market Prep. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. All right, let's get it started. Let's bring on Joel Alconan and let's take a look. We got Dennis in the house and it looks like that hair is getting a little wavy, just like this market. It's a soft water, man. I've never had a water softener. And I'm telling you, soft water makes the hair go crazy. I'm used to hard water. I like no, hard water better than Don't blame soft it on water. the water. It's this market. Water you know it, Dennis. Is brutal. I don't like the water softener at all. I'm going to complain about it once a month on this show at least. At least. All right. Um, choppy session here. I wish we would have got to my desk just a little bit before six o'clock. Uh, traded into green, but that's changed. We're in the red by 10 hails at 39.5550. Uh, dollar flat at 109.38. Uh, TLT, I mean, that's just can't catch a bit. Hanging out near the low of the move down 59 cents at 107.45. Crude battling 90 bucks down to buck 31 at 87.18. Gold under 1700, a new low for the move down 1420 at 1695.10. Silver headed back to 19, uh, that's down 18 cents, 1938. Bitcoin back at the 20K level, up to uh, 170 at 20,095. And the Ethereum merge, whatever the heck that means, uh, it's up four bucks, uh, 1581. <laughs> A triple D, I mean, on a day like yesterday, you're looking for that big follow-through, right? You know, that big downside follow-through, and we didn't get it. Maybe we'll get it today or tomorrow. Just a lot of chop out there. We're going to actually have an inside day ahead of the quad witch, maybe. Uh, it's possible, but just so many soldiers keep getting wounded here um and what i mean by that is they're just like his new disaster sector every day yesterday was steel and i mean we were gonna touch on this in the pre-market they weren't down that much but after the open they just took them and they just took them to the woodshed nue 
down 15 points yesterday, I believe it was, at least uh-huh. at one point in time. U.S. Steel, X losing about 10%. Cleveland Cliffs getting killed right down almost to the support level back at 14. It's just like wow. every day we have a new disaster. And this morning's disaster, which wasn't a disaster an hour and a half ago, but it is now, is Adobe. Um, there's uh, So they came out, Bloomberg reported they were going to buy this private company, Figma, um, for $20 billion. Um, I'm not sure if that's confirmed yet or not, or it's just proposed, but then they also dropped earnings, which they were supposed to drop tonight, but they dropped it this morning. Um, stock comes in $3.50, $3.45, taking all your stuff away, Mitch, miss on the sales. <laughs> we're down 27 points on Adobe here. So, I mean, that's yeah, it's huge, a $300 bro. stock, but it's 7% move. It's pre-announcements, seems like, man. seems like there's just, you know, a new a disaster, a couple disaster stocks every day. I mean, that's tough. That's tough. Uh, supposedly, the deal is looked at to be paid in half in stock and half in cash, um, but it hasn't been confirmed. Um, this is reported from, of course, Wall Street Journal. Just every day. I don't know how you're going to break this news, this disaster stocks or most more disasters every day. And I mean, we can just look and it's not even just, you know, Adobe here this morning. There's other stocks that are getting really beat up here, too. Affirm is one of them down 7%. I mean, some of these Kathy names, which even though Kathy had a decent day and actually, you know, to really put it, calling it, you know, ARKK sold up fairly well with this recent sell-off in SPY. It's been the value stocks like Nucor and stuff that's really been hit hard. So it's such an interesting market rotation, violent rotation every day too. Um, you're getting like moves like an NEE, which does an offering here down four points. I mean, this is a utility. The biggest oh, wow. component in the XLU typically moves around 50 cents to a buck a day. Boom, down four. So there's just outsized moves. And they're not all to the downside. You know, we could go Danaher too. I'm taking all the news away here, but up 10 here this morning on a <laughs> okay. spinoff. But the point I'm trying Dennis to make. is taking the lead. <laughs> but the point I'm trying to make is there's just outsized moves everywhere. You know, some stocks not doing much, other stocks getting the beats, other stocks rallying significantly. So it's a lot of shop, even in the individual stock names. All right, let me give that Danaher at least uh, headline here. Today, they announced an intention to separate its environmental and applied solutions segment to create an independently public traded company. The new company would be comprised of Danaher's water quality and product identification business and would be referred to as EAS unit until named at a later date. So, and DHR getting a rally here, Joel. Throw it to the technicals on you. It's always difficult, you know. And yeah, they had a little throw bit it to Joel. That's in there too. It's always difficult <laughs> when you haven't actually had, you know, a regular trading session since the news. So, stock obviously rallied up. It's pulled back off those highs a little yeah. bit. Yeah. But it's been chopping around pretty, you know. Well, it, it rallied hard, and then I guess it hasn't been chopping around that much. Uh, I mean, I'm just oh, the people like from Monday. Give me my money back. 294.60 uh, was the high on Monday. The close right out there at 93.51. I I mean, yeah, it went to 296. When it went to 296, if I was on this thing, because I would have been there in 94.60. So that's a good target on the upside. What does it really do to the co- – I mean, they're splitting it up. Woo-hoo, more value. I don't know what the heck it does for the company. It's still the same – company just split in two so if i had this one i'd have my head on a swivel at 294.60 and then on the downside you know could easily see the top of yesterday's range that was 287.46 we'll see what happens in that one 280 stand out for me yesterday's lows and there was a lot of support there so we'll see what happens two lows, yep straddling each other but uh we're 12 bucks away from the 12 and a half. yeah yeah decent way knows, away from right? that exactly All right. Well, today, uh, it looks like we are not, at least for the time being, it doesn't look like we will get the rail strike. Um, I know that some people were trying to play this. Uh, The tentative agreement averts a national rail strike that would shut down a key part of the U.S. transportation network. The new contract provides 24 percent pay increases over five years from 2020 to 2024 and includes immediate payout averaging 11,000 upon ramification according to the Association of American Railroads. So if you see why the railroads have been swinging the last two days, it's been a lot on this. 
UNP CSX nice rallies this morning. I do believe this is a sell the rip opportunity because you know you, you see these stocks and there's so much overhead supply getting back, you know, UNP getting back the majority of its losses from yesterday hit down to 214 previous day close to 226 or 224 this morning. So you're almost there. And then you got bag holder central all the way up from 225 to 230. So if I was long this stock, I'd be selling with two hands. CSX, the same thing. I think if I'm long these stocks, I'm selling again. And again, if we're going into recession, it's not good news for these things either. So even though there may not be a strike in the short term, I think the company fundamentals here will start to deteriorate if we go into a recession. At least it's like not another shoe to drop, at least, you know, as far as with the supply chain issues and everything. The last thing we needed was a uh, was a rail strike. Uh, I would just keep an eye on the on the highs from yesterday. I mean, stocks got whacked on this. And you know, you're getting, let's just go with getting your money back. I would look at this is actually trading over uh, the CSX, it's trading over the current high of 3133. So we'll keep an eye on the, the next two days' highs, right? That uh, in the 33 handle, I think if we get in there, I, or excuse me, 3234, I'd use that as another target. Uh, CNI, uh, that uh, Dennis, who probably gave a daily high in that one too. So just just keep an eye on your daily highs and the top of the previous day's range for closes. This this has a ways to go to get to uh, your two day high at one twenty three thirty six. Not much trading going on in CNI. Again, those are the Canadian ones. They're not going to move around as, as much, much here. Yeah. UNP, big move here. CSX. Um, Sold. I, we already talked them. So I, I'd sell the rally and all. Sell and right, Let's keep sell going. Let's get towards the next one. Humana is my next topic here. Let's talk about uh, they're hosting their virtual investor day today at 830. So you guys can catch that. But they already kind of released what they're going to be announcing. There could be some extra, but pay attention. That's going to be at 830. Humana introduces midterm adjusted EPS target of $37 in 2025, raises full year 2022 adjusted EPS financial guidance to approximately $25 at investor day versus the 24.83 cent estimate. So definitely getting a big pop on that. This, this was quietly one of the best performers in the last seven, eight years in this market, $150 six years ago. Now it's $481. So it's a quiet triple stock that doesn't get any press attention really at all. Um, it's getting a nice pop, 22 points here. Problem is you got 500 overhead resistance and you got problems that people are looking to sell stocks. So I'm not chasing it, but it's been a great company. 482. I'd keep an eye on that for your two-day high. Uh, you did go yeah a little bit over it in the pre-market, uh, but uh, that'd be one where even if you busted over 482 and then you came back down through it, uh, you do have some downside. Top of yesterday's range is way down there. If you're really bullish... And you really think there's going to be strong follow through. Uh, you have a, a trio of highs. We'll just call that uh, splitting it all at 488. But uh, big move on 24,000 shares. The, the news is out. I don't know what else better they can say. Well, so we'll see We'll see how much follow through you get in this one. Two big red bars, though, from uh, Tuesday and Wednesday. I don't know. You see something snap back like that. And uh, probably hard not to uh, not to lighten up a little bit. All right, let's go ahead. Let's get into the next headline here. I'm going to go ahead and talk about, uh, well, I think we got two minutes. Yeah, we can get it in here. Let's talk really quickly about Ford unveiling their new design 2024 Mustang hardtop convertible gas powered. Yeah, I said it again. Gas powered engine here. We know that customers do not want and uh, they do want internal combustion and some of them want electric and we both offer that in the mustang family so jim owens head of mustang marketing uh chevrolet is expected to end production of gas-powered chevy camaro in the coming years as part of general motors plan to go exclusively offer evs by 2035 uh just wanted to kind of uh give a little insight here I am a Mustang fan and uh, will always be a Mustang fan. I did own at one point a 99 Cobra. It was pre- it was pretty nice. It was pretty nice. Here, here's a little picture for you guys. There you go. That was, that was me, you know, washing it at the house, you know. There you go. Where, oh, yeah. Uh, that's where I used not, to get in trouble when I was 18, you know. Uh, yeah, not thrilled with the color. Uh, oh, you don't like the electric green? 
There was only there was only 141 of these made. Convertible 99 Cobras. So I'll give you guys what the new one looks like here. So I know that some people are like, well, I wanted to take a look at the new one here. Uh, yeah, let me show you that right quick here. Uh, let me just pull it up because the picture will for some reason upload. But I, I have the picture here for us. Boom. I like, I there like you guys see it. Here's the new one here. Um, I'll zoom in so you guys can get a nice little view here. I like the it. older ones. But yeah, this is the new one. We'll we'll see what happens Arr. with the Mustang, and I don't know. I might. I, I need a new Mustang. I need a new toy. We'll see what happens. Yeah. What but they inflation Mustang? needs to come down. Fed needs yeah. to do their job. So we'll Ford's, see what happens. Ford's just it, it, it leaked with the market. Got hit a little pop over this. I'm not. Nothing's really sticking out to me. First, let's clear. I mean, fifteen is resistance. Uh, fourteen eighty-five yesterday. Fifteen thirteen. I mean that that um that uh, that moved yesterday. You know, you just felt the sellers out there. You know, it was you know like the pops were there, but the offers were there. You took out the pre-market high just by a little bit, and then they came right in. So. I don't know. I mean, nothing nothing to get super excited about. Let's just take a look at uh, GM here, and then we can go to our guest. Uh, GM has been hanging out. I know I sold my GM two days ago. Oh, okay. Ooh, the long-term out. account. Yeah, it's been a nice run, 30 to 40. I feel like this is the rally to sell. I feel like there's more pain ahead because I think we're going to recession. I want to own auto stocks. Okay. All right, let's go ahead. Let's get into our guest today. You guys might know him. He, he, he might be a little bit. He, he's He's been on here before. Let's just go ahead. Let's bring on. You guys might know him, and I'm excited to talk about him because uh, I'm wondering, where does the market go from here? Let's bring on Mark Chaikin, founder of Chaikin Analytics. Let's start diving into this market. How are we doing today, Mark? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming, I wish I'd used Indeed. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility all at Indeed.com P-R-E-P. Just go to Indeed.com slash P-R-E-P right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash P-R-E-P. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Doing very well. Well, if we're going into a recession, you don't want to own semiconductor stocks either. No, you don't want to own a lot of things. Do you think we're going into a recession, Mark? I I don't know. I don't think it matters. I think we are in a recession. You know, we've had two quarters. So, so, you know, this is a label that uh, without a a consequence. The question is, how long is the Fed going to keep their foot on the brakes? And, you know, I don't think this is... A question of whether in a recession or not, it's whether they can, through some magical wand of interest rate hikes, tame inflation. And Does this? I mean, the, the data here, and obviously, you know, we get the CPI data, everybody kind of expected it to be light, and it comes in, and it's not light. It wasn't like it was crazy hot, but it wasn't light, and the market just pulled the rug out from under this thing again. Was this an overreaction? You know, because or or is this just the market that we're in and the Fed's plan is just slow to work? It's the market we're in. It's also options expiration week. And this is the largest options expiration since 2008. Two trillion dollars of hedges coming off. Huge. But um, it's funny. Someone called me an old friend from D.C. yesterday and said, this feels like an overreaction to me. And I said, hey, 
the market's going to do what the market's going to do. But I think the key is the Fed's unrelenting. Powell does not want to go down as the Arthur Burns of, of um, inflation. He'd rather be the Volcker. And he's not quitting. So I, I think in terms of inflation, it, it's the lag effect of housing. Everybody knows that. By the way, here's a tip for your audience. The Cleveland Fed nailed it before the release. They said this is probably going to be an uptick. So follow that Cleveland Fed. They are always ahead of the curve. I think they have something called data cast, something cast. And they really nailed this one. And we nailed it in our weekly market letter because of that. I just piggybacked on what they were saying. But we're in this September, October period when we were expecting a low. Uh, It's still up in the air whether that low comes at 3,600, which is a retest of the previous bottom, or the more extreme targets of 3,200, which is what the big banks you know, Mike Wilson and Goldman Sachs are looking for. And I think the difference is going to be what goes on in Europe in terms of the inflation numbers there and the energy crisis. I mean, Europe's in a recession, so that and, and it's going to be bad because of energy. It's uh, it's really a problem that they don't quite know how to tackle. So we're going to have Rate increases well into 2023, in my view, unless Powell does a big about face, and you got to prepare for that. What do you think you position in here? So let's just say, you know, we're of the theory that, you know, we are in a recession. We're of the theory that Powell isn't going to back down. How are you positioning for that? Energy stocks, particularly natural gas. We've been talking about EQT for, I think, four months on here, made a new all-time high yesterday. Uh, Southwest Energy, which is a much more leveraged speculative play in the same space. Um, there's there's tons of natural gas plays, and some of the more conventional energy stocks. I mean, there's the dynamics for energy. I think are going to continue for at least six to eighteen months. And you know, everybody knew the whole inflation uh, recession scenario and China weakening. So you've you got a big sell-off in the more conventional energy stocks, the oxys of the world and uh, some of the big names. And I think they're buyable down here. And you sit on a lot of cash and, and wait and pick your spots. But there are some green shoots, which to me is really important. You've got to have a list of stocks. And typically, they're going to be beaten down. They haven't made lower lows. So here's an example of a stock that just got a bullish rating in the power gauge, Lululemon. Uh, it's a really, these are the kinds of charts you should be looking at in my view, stocks that have bottomed out, rallied, the fundamentals are pretty good and they're starting to move back up again. Yeah. And, you know, you've got to buy them on dips, but I think there are probably a hundred charts that look like that, that you could be zeroing in on not to buy now, because I do think there's a lower low coming in October, but have them on your list and don't be shy about buying them on weakness. In I fact, mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's one of those markets where, you know, if you can identify those stocks that aren't really going down when the market's selling off, and that's yeah. Lulu, those are actually usually the first ones to rally when the market turns. So, exactly. you know, just looking at that relative strength, and it was, you know, obviously Lulu had the gap up. I think it was on earnings, right? The gap up? It was. Yeah. Yep. And, and yep. so now you still got the shorts caught from that. And every time you pull back a little bit, you know, they're scrambling here. And I mean, I can't argue with you, Mark. I mean, the relative strength of Lululemon has been impressive. Yeah. And you, uh, one thing people have to realize is that coming out of a bear market, the stocks that were the strongest are not where you want to be. Those are the defensive stocks, the um, household names, household package goods, utilities, um, Healthcare is sort of the the bridge between all this. I think there are going to be some great buys in healthcare. You know, stocks with great long-term pipelines, Pfizer comes to mind as a stock that you want to be watching and start accumulating because right now it's not top of mind with anybody. Mark, going back to the uh, recession talk, 
I mean, when when is it going to hit the labor market? I mean, I just everyone I, I talked to, I talked to, to my wife about her office. I, I talked to my, my brother-in-law that owns a couple businesses. I talked to other people. They can't find people to work. I mean, to get a to get a full blown recession. I mean, don't you don't you need you know the unemployment rate to go on? It doesn't look like anything that the Fed's doing is is putting a dent in that. Uh, what you take on um you know the the strong job market? That's sort of above my pay grade. I you know this people spend an awful lot of time trying to answer questions like you just asked, and I, I'm not sure it's important. You know, yeah. the, it's a conundrum. We're in unusual times. This all started with the Fed uh, having to bail the economy out uh, during COVID. Yeah. And now we're unwinding that. And I, the knock-on effects of all this are, are really beyond anything we've seen in, in 100 years. So, you know, maybe you go back to the 1970s when you had stagflation. So maybe it's not a recession or a deep recession. Maybe it's stagflation. But I, I'm not sure it it helps you make money to puzzle about stuff like this. Not, not to minimize the question, Joel, but let the market tell you what it's telling you and don't overthink it because this is a difficult time, especially with the Fed starting to unwind the balance sheet. You're talking about 90 billion. I, I'd be more concerned with bond market liquidity than, uh, than the job market because the Fed's going to be Draining liquidity from the bond market. People are concerned about that. Yeah, that TLT, I was bringing up the chart on that. I mean, that uh, going into the CPI print, that was not showing uh, showing any kind of uh, any any rally signs at all. Uh, going back to, I mean, the, the oil stocks um, have rallied nicely, uh, you know, where, you know, but don't you got to look that if we are going into uh, some kind of recession or a pullback, is that going to hurt demand? Europe. We, we're going to have to start drilling and exporting more energy, particularly natural gas, to Europe. It, and it's they got a problem, and we can solve it if Washington will allow that to happen. So I, you know, some of the old correlations are just not there. Uh, and maybe I'm puffing smoke, and maybe um, you know, crude drops to $60 a barrel, I don't know. But I can tell you that if you read um, critical stuff coming out of the, the banks in Europe, you get a picture of an energy problem and an inflation problem that we can help solve. It's not gonna be the Russians. So uh, again, all these questions are good ones. I don't wanna get ahead of what the market's telling us. So, you know, this is a Marty's Wag market. Watch the market and listen to the Fed. You know, let the technicals tell you what's going on and, and don't fight the Fed. What What about year end? Do you think eventually we do start to get, you know, a rally in the overall market here? Or is this one, because we're kind of in the middle, even let's just take out, you know, let's just look at the recent move in June to August. You know, we got down to 360 on SPY, up to 430 when we overshot in August. And we're kind of just stuck in the middle here. Are you more inclined on the you know, testing new lows or more inclined on testing new highs? No, testing new lows. Uh, but I do think we're going to get a bottom probably in October and then, you know, have a really strong rally that our sort of roadmap for the year has been the midterm election roadmap going all the way back to 1908. And it, it says you make a bottom in October in a midterm election year. And it's following that pattern. Also, interestingly, if you go back, I don't know if you believe in GAN cycles, but if you go back 20 years, 60 years, 90 years, so you're talking 1932, you're talking 1962, you're talking 2002, markets bottomed out in October. So you've got a confluence of cycles, and I think they're going to play out that way. So I'm looking for buying opportunities, but I'm looking for them at much lower levels. That's really interesting there. Um, and definitely, um, if we're going to bottom in October, do we take out those lows, those 365s? Oh, you have to. You have to. I mean, uh, Tuesday showed you what's possible in this market. Yeah. And what about, and what about the other, the most powerful uh, seasonal pattern out there? 
which is Sal Rosh Hashanah by Yom Kippur. Oh, big, big one. Joel is, he knows that one. Joel's talked about that one for well, years. This, this, will have, be a, this is going to be a tough one to write this year. That's all I, I can know. say. There's another one which is uh, based on that. The guy won the MTA award for it. It's this pattern, and it has to do with the 28th. Hey, Dennis, just a heads up here. Somebody. Sorry, Mark. Dennis, yeah. we got some numbers coming out. Oh, so yeah. I just want to give Dennis a heads up here. What's this yeah, number? a lot. A lot. Labor uh, 830. We got a lot coming in here. I'll give you guys. Uh, you get initial jobless claims, core retail sales, Philadelphia Fed Manufacturing Index, and Empire State Manufacturing Survey, all at 830. So. Sounds like lots of fun. Well, we're close. <laughs> in any event, enjoy, guys. This has been great. Thank you, like always, Mark Chaikin, yep. founder of Chaikin Analytics. Definitely check out the Chaikin Analytics, and uh, we're going to have to do a little bit deeper dive into the power gauge next week. I want to bring you it. back, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about it. Appreciate you coming on, Mark. Mitch, be well. Be good, Mark. All right, let's go ahead. Let's get into the market. I'll let Dennis kind of focus in on the back, and uh, he's going to be, as the numbers hit I'm here, let me buy. get really quickly previews here as this comes on in. Initial jobless claims estimate at 226,000. Prior was 222,000. Uh, then we get core retail sales month over month estimate at 0.1. Prior was 0.4. Uh, retail sales month over month estimate is 0.2. Prior was five. Philadelphia Fed Manufacturing Index estimate at 3.5. Prior was 6.2. And there's going to a lot going on right when this hit. And uh, we'll, we'll see if it kind of really moves the markets here. Of course, everyone's watching this. And we have been leaking since that 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. Don't really know what happened at six. No, someone someone came in and just uh, and I I mean we were up, we we're down. We get a little a little reaction now here, yeah, a little it, pop, a little you drop. Can see it's going wide. It's going yeah, wide. Yeah, there we go. My clock three ninety four by three ninety three. Yeah, yeah. It's we're, the only thing I could get, and this is a kind of rare occasion where when I come in and I nothing's lining up for me. Like I, you know, I couldn't sell, you know, yesterday's high last night and I got nowhere uh, close to buying yesterday's low. They're just, they're just the numbers. So the only thing that I I can really focus on retail sales coming in, not in as expected, weaker than expected here. That's Um, good. Weaker than expected is good. It right? came in at negative 0.3 versus 0.1. So showing oh, you that's a little good. bit of slowdown. Good, good, good. Slowdown for the economy, right? That's why it would be a good number. There we're right? popping. There you go. Shows a little bit of slowdown. So, um, of course, what are we – it doesn't sound good thing, but a lot of what investors are trying to see is if the economy could slow down, would that slow down the Fed, of course. Yeah, I mean, this is this is one, you know, one number, you know. Yeah, it's one not number. Like Here's uh, initial yeah, jobless claims. They like it. I mean, two, yeah. uh, initial jobless claims went down. That that doesn't seem like the best thing, but here you guys have it. It's two hundred and thirteen thousand versus the two hundred and twenty six thousand expected. So initial jobless claims coming down. That shows to me still strong, strong labor market out there. Um, and then Philly manufacturing index at negative. 9.9 versus 2.8 plus expected. That one's an interesting one there. Uh, definitely off from the estimates for the Fed manufacturing index here. I guess we're. I guess they're saying it was plus 0.3. I, I, I do not. I'm in. Uh, I do not have anything up in front of me. Um, it, uh, no. It, okay. So that this is core retail sales versus regular retail sales. Completely different, guys. There's two numbers there. What I, the one that I gave you was for the core retail. Overall retail sales month over month is 0.3 plus versus 0.2 expected. The core one is a little bit off there. I, well, I don't know what the hell that means, but I I, I see a rally, and that's what I'm a minor rally. Yeah, that's rally. what you need to be paying a minor rally. To. That's all you There's... need to know. Um, I guess to focus in, you know, to try and get a good focus on the numbers here. Uh, the low close of the move uh, was made on Tuesday, um, thirty nine fifty one. Uh, you know, we we took out we took out the low yesterday, and we took that out by a wide margin. I hate when you know it. Well, don't hate, but it it trades through it so many times. And now I think the bulls the bulls showed a little bit in the last half hour yesterday 
But I think to, to get a sustained rally here until we can get above that close, uh, 65 and a half, and maintain a bid, then you could just see some chop here. It could be one of those days, you know, where 39, you know, 3950, 3970. Looking at an inside day here, I don't know if you're going to get that ahead of the uh, quad witch expiration, but whatever those numbers are, um, we got a little bit of a rally going on. So the difference between the retail sales month over month and the core retail sales month over month is that the core number is a total measure of retail sales, excluding auto and gas sales. So this is excluding that auto and gas sales was actually in the negative. But if you include it in the retail sales overall, you get to a positive number. Um, So there you guys see it. Um, Looks like auto and gas. Uh, definitely making a, a factor here in retail. And who's buying some vehicles in this time? That's interesting. I mean, I'm not sure. Not sure at all. But uh, I'm just trying to see that uh, someone mentioned in the chat that uh, the TLT caught a little bit of a bid off this. This is uh, reflected of the the 30 year, or well, it's the 20 year bond ETF. But the the bond futures, if you're trading the TLT here. I uh, got no really major resistance until you get up another buck. But um, they're selling rips though, Joe. Yeah, we get a little did. bit. We try to get up back to scratch, and I don't know. Again, it, it, no, that was like a. <laughs> We're gonna see a lot of chop. We're gonna see chop. some chop here chop. because you really like just lay out the scenario. And this number, you know, it looks like it's just gonna be a chop number. It doesn't look like it's gonna be a real market mover. But you know, lay it all out. I mean, we've come back down to a critical support level, three eighty nine to three ninety on the spy is critical support, and we've bounced there twice. So now you've got the bulls saying, okay, well here we pulled back, basically fifty percent retracement of the overall move. We're kind of bouncing where we should, and I've got a level to lean on. And then you got the bear case scenario, which is the fundamental case scenario where you know Fed's tightening and not going to back down, and you know we're going into a full blown recession and it's going to get ugly. So you've got two really conflicting opinions. And I think at this point in time, it's going to equal a lot of chop. And how do you play chop? You're just selling rips and buying dips. So or shorting rips and buying dips and playing it that way. And I think that's worked for the majority of 2022. And I think it's going to work here for a while. But you're hesitant on this dip. I mean, that was a dip. That was a dip Tuesday. Yeah, I'm more inclined to sell the rip as opposed to buy the dip because you have so many people caught. So, yeah. you know, just backing that off. But you've got support down there at 391. I know, you too. do. I know. So you get down there, like, I'm bringing in shorts there, 391, 392. We should have I mean, went down the there support. yesterday. We should have went I, down there yesterday. I think we just, yesterday. I mean, it was just a day pause, though. I don't think there was too uh, much yeah. buying yesterday. And so, in my eyes, I think we take that out today. Um, and the reason why I feel we could take that out today is because I, I feel that we front ran the CPI data. Will we front run? The Fed meeting next week? Will we just get down there closer towards the June lows before the meeting? And then with that meeting, it could potentially maybe give us a little bit of a bounce. But that's just what I'm looking at. So you're at. looking you're looking for a 54 handle drop from here to yeah. take out those I could lows. See, I, I could see it taking out 388s today. At least on the spy. 388 on the spy. That's a long ways down. Anything can happen. First things first, we have to take out the pre-market low, right? And then we got mm-hmm. the the low from yesterday. Um, I don't know. I think I think with the quad witch coming on, uh, I don't know. Might be a little bit. That's uh, true. Maybe maybe even inside day, but uh, who knows? Who knows what uh, news could you know? Come Nobody out, knows um, really. Intraday. Oh, well, that's it. Nobody does know in this environment. Like I said, there's a bull scenario in the short term here, but the bear scenario is very overpowering here right now too. So <laughs> I'm kind of leaning with the bears, but. Again, I'm just leaning with fading everything. Contrarian trading wins in 2022. I don't see why that changes anytime soon. All right, let's go to some uh, ratings today. Yeah, I know we I don't normally cover that. some ratings, but there's some good ones on out there today that definitely move in some stocks. So let's go to Netflix first here. Evercore ISI upgrading to outperform from inline. Evercore based its opinion on Netflix revenue opportunities from its planned ad supported tier limiting limits on passport uh, password sharing. I don't think they're going to be able to really take off that password sharing. I know that so uh, many people keep really pointing hard. to it. They're never going to do it. They keep saying it. They've said that for years. It's the same with Disney+. Plus. The password sharing is there as well. 
not an easy thing to fix. And I mean, it's also you're getting in front of the eyeballs. And if they're going an advertising model, is it really even in their best interest not to do the password sharing? I mean, yeah, you can maybe get a few more subscribers, but I mean, you get in front of more eyeballs, it doesn't hurt you either. So there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of balls to juggle there from that perspective. I'm still, or actually my wife is still along this in her long-term account, um, which we'd picked up too early. And then we picked it up perfectly around 180. We did the double down and that's helped. You got major support here in this 219 to 220 area. It's got a hold. If it takes out that 214 low, I would look out below. Um, head and shouldery kind of. Not that we're big technicians. I don't really love the pattern here either. Uh, but it's holding up relatively well. Uh, you did get a pop over 230 here. You know, once again, you got a scenario where you got shellacked uh, on Tuesday and then you had a gap down. So I haven't gotten there yet, but um, boy, I'd be. Uh, I think a lot of people would like to see that low from Monday at 233.77. Uh, first things first, you got to take out that pre-market high at 231. I just want to tell you, I, I don't know. Someone wants out of Adobe, and they want out of Adobe now. Holy mackerel. They just they just cracked the low of the move here. I, I was going to say, you know, just go back. Oh, I, wonder if, I wonder if Adobe got to the low of the move yet. 338 even. See ya. Don't want to be ya. That could be yeah. some resistance here. Where you go now? You're under 350. Well under 350. I don't want to give you your next monthly low. Your next now nah, we won't see that today. Your next monthly low is under 300, folks. Oh, 289.79. 289.71. This would be a good one. There's just so just a step down seller here. So when he's done, or she, or it, or they. Could get a pop here, but holy mackerel, really, really tired feathering. Explain what you mean by step deal. down seller, Joel. This is something you talk about all the time. Explain what yeah. you mean. Yeah, it just means that they got an offer out there, and if they're not getting lifted on the offer, they're going to go lower. And they might go lower with more size. And then if they don't get lifted there, then they're going to go lower. They're just stepping down, stepping down, stepping down. You know, and opposite, you could have a, a step up buyer, but right now, man, you got a relentless uh, step down seller here in the pre market. Now, in the regular session, you know, could be a little bit different story, but I don't, it's tough, man. Maybe that 340 will be resistance now. Uh, SP's, wow, what a what a chop session here, Dennis. They are battling 39.60. Play the chop. What's mid range? Uh, mid, well, here's a good thing. Um, just to put more emphasis, trying to give you guys a focus today, uh, mid-range on the session, which is something, you know, it's like a, definitely a, like a one-star. But uh, that lines up with um, with the close. So I don't know how your stocks are lining up with that, but uh, that's what the bulls got to do. The bulls got to get this thing green, uh, and it's, it's been a struggle. Uh, Joey Cruz mentioning Meta from yesterday, man. That broke that 155. Meta Meta's is in a, a heap of trouble. Meta's Holy in a heap man. of trouble. And again, I sold my Meta. We know I sold that a few days ago and got that pop up there. 166, I think I sold it. It did get to 170 and get the top. But I'm out of the Meta because I just think that they're getting TikToked to death. And I think they don't know their way. I think the profits from the meta universe or whatever we're going to call the metaverse is a long ways out. I think Disney is going to be the major metaverse player, not meta. Um, I just not betting on this company at all. I think it's the biggest value trap out there. I, I mean, I think they eventually get it right, but that's going to be down the line. Who's waiting that long? Yeah, that's the thing that I would say. I, I, I don't think that they are going to completely go away, but I think it's going to be not the stock that you once knew. Let's just say that for sure. Um, Value now trap we, with a capital V on this thing. We are getting some news that comes is coming on in here around 830. So I just want to bring that to us here. Uh, store capital to be acquired by GIC and Oak Street for 32.25 a share in cash valued at 14 billion uh, STOR. E and so it's a symbol, uh, yeah. Store five, okay. S T O R S T O R, okay. Um, so uh, this is something that just hit the tape here, it holy. was halted, um, for a little while. Yeah, just it's random news. Tough, tough. And then I also have something that we'll, we'll get into in a second, but let's take a quick look at this one. Uh, it's not a small company, but I don't know it too much. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of 
store capital. I've heard of yeah. it. Yeah, I knew the symbol right away when you said it, but I don't know. I don't know too much about it. So you got yeah. a merger here in the REIT sector. I'm just kind of looking to see what other REITs. Yeah, let me see on what this, they Some do of the smaller here. ones, but you know, it's a move. Looks like they're in the business of owning, operating, and leasing storage to individuals and commercial customers across Canada. Of course, Dennis knows it. There you go. Small, uh, small company. Yeah, yeah. All right. So another one news that hit the tape just recently was Steel Dynamics. They coming in here and they're saying, well, Nucor, you're knocking us down. We're coming back here. Q3 ad adjusted EPS at $5.33 to $5.37 versus the $4.90 estimate. So they just wanted to come out here and try to give themselves a little bit of a push back. They do that. Don't kid yourself. When you get one company that's saying negative, like, hey, we don't see that. Get out there and tell them we see good. So don't kid yourself. They do that. They're looking at what the competitors are saying, and they want to say the opposite there. So big move up here for uh, STLD. STLD. Joel, what are you doing on that one? I don't know. I don't know what I'm Gets doing Gets back here. all of its losses from yesterday. Huh. Well, let's see what happens. You, you know, you got it right there. You got yesterday's high at 79.64. I'm sure uh, Steel Dynamics uh, uh, investors are, are cheering this move here with the bad news. I mean, you got 79.64 and then a gap up to the previous day's low. So 80 bucks. I mean, after you trade down to 73.40 yesterday, 80 bucks, pretty good sell price. S&P's. Just thought, just it's a creeper rally here. We're we're back in the thirty nine sixty handle. So, market bulls are not giving up, and the bears are out there above. So, the bears, the bears. All right, let's keep going. We're rolling through. We got a lot, lot to talk about today. Smaller headlines, but we're rolling through them. Let's get to Jeffrey's upgrade here of none other than Nordstrom. I don't know who's going to Nordstrom, but please let us know if you've gone in the last, let's say, month or so. Uh, Jeffrey's upgrading Nordstrom month? to buy, raising price target to 24 here. Uh, what do you guys think about Nordstrom? <laughs> I don't think much about Nordstrom. I think the stock's sitting at the lows. I think you get $20 tops on this thing, in my opinion. Major resistance up there, so another buck and a half up from here. Not saying that today. I'm just saying... You know, I, I don't see much upside at all. And I think the store is going to be in trouble if we're going into a recession. So it would not surprise me. And people are going to be like, what if Nordstrom's eventually a single digit stock? Uh, you haven't taken out yesterday's high yet at 1855. And then you got the two day high at, uh, at 1910. So well, I, I can't even remember the last time I was in. I used to buy my shoes. They used to have a great men's shoe selection, but since I don't buy shoes anymore. Um, I don't know. I don't know. 1855, as I said, previous day high, two day high, 1910. Let's look at some retailers. Let's just look at, just look at, ooh, Macy's just hanging out near the low of the move. Kohl's, where's Kohl's? 25 bucks? Nope. 2840. What about Costco? Went there over the weekend, dropped a few bills. Bad day yesterday, still hanging in there. Uh, what else? What else are our big retailers? That, the uh, the one that Walmart? I'm looking at, uh, Dillard's, because the thing never wants to oh, go that down. That thing is so crazy. That that that. that Dillard's crazy. is just its own thing. I don't understand Dillard's. I don't know how I don't all. step. I just want to step in and short it, but I. No, yeah, well, everybody's wanted off. to do that for the last 200 points. I mean, the thing just keeps going. Yeah, I can't it's... figure out why this one's the one. I don't understand it whatsoever. Is something else happening there? It I'm not confuses even try to guess. Me. Yeah, and, and one thing that I've learned when you're confused, don't try to act like you know. <laughs> I ignore that stock. I don't yeah. understand it at all. It's its own animal. It's just one of those stocks that just does its own thing. Is that is that uh, what was that preferred that you had for a long time? DDT. Still... I owned that preferred stock for years, and it was just paid me seven percent. It's still paying it. It's still paying it. Capital trust. So it's a hybrid between a bond and preferred stock, and it's still paying it seven and a quarter. I had that probably for a decade, just pounding me out 7% every year. It's still paying it. They've never called it in. I don't understand whatsoever why they want to pay 7.5%. They could have been called a decade ago. That's how much the management, I don't get that whatsoever, but they don't call it in. So now interest rates are going up, so I don't even know. Maybe they're not going to bother calling it in now, but you know, you think your company's firing all cylinders. Why are you paying 7.5%? Why not call that in? 
I don't understand it. Now, uh, here's the news that isn't, you know, the biggest stock that we've talked about. But we used to talk about this one. Let's go to GoPro. Uh, it's up about 3% in the pre-market. Launched three new Hero 11 Black cameras that send highlight videos to your phone. And um, a little part of me is like, man, I want to get this for the guys or something. Because it supposedly like does instant highlights. Be cool to have, right? So, cool little new feature on the GoPros. Uh, definitely... Out of favorite stock, but I don't know if they can come back. Uh, one, it's been a one-trick pony forever, so yeah. you know, you know my thoughts on GoPro. Yeah, yeah, I don't think we mentioned uh, GoPro uh, uh, this year, uh, but flat, not a big reaction. I don't know. Supported five sixty. I guess it's worth what it's worth, but yeah, the camera on the stick. We had it right. Stick. We were saying yeah. that one is ninety dollars. The camera on the stick. It's five bucks here now. Camera on the stick. Uh, that story it, is long over. Tough, tough to survive. All right, let's go to the next. Might one survive, here. but they're not going to be one of those like huge money makers for you. I don't think. Need him coming in, initiating coverage on Fisker uh, shares with a buy rating and a twelve dollar price target, suggesting a roughly thirty percent upside from the current level. Analyst positive view is due to Fisker's electric SUV offering cutting edge technology at an affordable price. I bought it. I rebought it around nine bucks, nine twenty, I think, and it's been kind of all over the place. It's about a month ago. I still like the story. I think it's going to be a story into 2023. Um, production is going to start here. They're actually going to start to see eventually these things on the road. November. So it's November. So there you go. Mm -hmm. November production starts here. I've been watching this here. for a year. You're, you're going to start to see these on the road. Again, valuation is always an issue. But I mean, this is a $3 billion company. Um, you're going to start to see these cars on the road. So, I, I mean, it's a, it's a spec. You know, like this is one that may not make it too. So, you know, it's speculative capital only, but I've got, I've got a position and I think I'd actually add to it on pullbacks. Uh, I got to try to support at eight bucks. I mean, you can't argue with that on the monthly. Someone's been, what's the market cap on this puppy now? We're talking uh, about 2.6 billion. It's a lottery ticket. You know, do you think Fisker is going to get on the road and eventually take a chunk of the EV market? Possible. Lottery ticket, though. Yeah, not a bad lottery ticket in my eyes. I'm even thinking about uh, potentially maybe selling my uh, RAV4 and maybe taking the Ocean. Uh, the Ocean looks pretty good. It's all looks electric. Good. Um, smart, you'll get man. some that EV Fisker incentive. Yeah. The Ocean looks really cool. And it has that uh, kind of feature that uh, very few cars have where the back window can actually roll down. It's a pretty cool feature to have when you're out there uh, by the beach. Uh, but something to keep on eyes and a November release. So who knows, maybe it runs into that release. We'll see what happens. All right, let's go ahead. Let's do a little bit of ticker time. We still got some time left here for you guys out there. So go ahead and drop some tickers. If there's anything on your mind, Joel or Dennis, you guys want to talk about here, we could definitely go into that, but if not, yeah, I'm taking you know tickers. What? yeah, before we do that, um, getting some questions here about the quad, witch tomorrow, and, uh, and Mark mentioned that um, it's going to be like one of the biggest unwinds as far as hedges go. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. This is a tough call on this one. Also, like you'll get your imbalances tomorrow. But, you know, as Dennis mentioned in the past, uh, you really get a flip, right? I mean, someone can come and offset those imbalances. Uh, I'll get my optimistic point of view will be, you know, that you know, they, there's some big, if there's big selling balances that we can stay above that, that early September low. It The longer we hold around, hold above that 3,900, the low from last week, I think the more that, that the bulls will say, oh, okay, you know, they, we got hit off the number, but we're not going down anymore. Um, if you get, a, you know, a big gamma unwind and, you know, they, they really pop this and that, that 3,900 goes by the wayside, then, I think you got to look for you know, that thirty-six forty, which was the lowest move. Dennis, any any feeling? As I know it's been a tough month for you for like news and trading, but any feel for this quad witch? No, none. This is really a tough market. Like I've said this before, there's so much rotation. 
Like every day you come in and you see the market down or the market up, but there's some stocks going the opposite direction. It's just been a really tricky market. So again, the way I approach, you know, when we get to Friday is contrarian all the way. Oh, so yeah. I am fading the moves. You get these wild opens, you know, I'm shorting into those wild opens or maybe buying stocks into two week opens because often they overshoot in either direction. Doing that on the open and on the close seems to have, you know, it's it's the old Don Bright strategy, you know, enveloping, you know, all these S&P stocks, basically putting bids out there too low, shorts out there, sell short orders out there too high. And what you get is what you get. And a lot of times they come in after those moves. But we just went positive here, Joel. Something that's uh, just talk about on the SPY, you know, we've been slowly climbing here for the majority of the morning, but we just went positive and there is certain stocks, tech relatively weak here still, but you're seeing a bounce here and some of the banks I'm seeing a bounce here. You're seeing pockets of strength here and some of the staples. You're seeing pockets of strength in healthcare, the Danaher news obviously helping there. Um, and you're seeing some steel dynamics reported that you're seeing a little bit of pockets of strength in steel as well. It's going to be an interesting day. All right, let's go ahead. Let's take some stocks from the chat here. First one up that we have two people mentioned is Airbnb. Intern and Martine want to talk about it. Hmm. Boy, we haven't talked about stay at home or... or um, it's because we uh, keep thinking about recessions. <laughs> because we don't worry about... Uh, this is on the verge of a breakout here. Um, that's all I can say. We just got to respect resistance. It's resistance still is taken out. Four pokes at this area, though. Let's just call it 127. So uh, it, it's setting up nice. Mitch, this is, this is your kind of chart here, you know? Yeah. It's up here in the <laughs> yeah, eye. You know it. <laughs> and it's just so I just keep an eye on, uh, on uh, for me, I just keep a really close eye on 127. That was last month's high, too. So. Dennis, any thoughts on Airbnb? I got a position on it, so I'm going to let my comments. Okay, so Dennis is not going to talk about that. Um, I just want to say one thing, just going back to the S&P, and, and I don't know if this uh, re, uh, applies to your stocks, but if you employ the undercut, you know, the low in rally trick, you know, mm -hmm. where the S&Ps undercut the low from yesterday, but they came back above it. I mean, now you're, you know, you're down to yesterday's low. You're, you know, you're risking 30 handles here, but that's, that's one possible setup that uh, you want to look at in some of your stocks. Is, Airbnb, uh, um, I just want to give some comments here. I see an inverse head and shoulders on the daily. The move above 130 is the move to look for today. A move above 130 will break it above the neckline and that pattern wise would give it that nice little push up. We'll see what happens. Uh, one thing that I would say is, you know, technically wise, this seems to make sense here. The question is, does the story make sense, right? If we're looking at recession going into next year, we'll see what happens. Uh, out of Airbnb, let's take a look at NIO, Robert. Um, this one's been coming back here. This stock, this stock is just it's tough. You, yeah. It just fights back. It gets hit with bad news. It uh, it fights its way back, and then it gets whacked down again with bad news. Uh, there's a seller at 22. Yeah, 22.30 was your high uh, Tuesday, 22.09 yesterday. So you know, they're, they're not showing their offer at 22, but that's where they want to sell it. That was resistance in mid-August. So big rally. Let's see if it can get above. You know, not just take it out on an interday basis, but get up there and establish a bid. Just, above, just uh, what 22. Mark Chaikin just said. You know, look for those stocks that are holding up well right now. And Neo is. So I don't know why, but maybe we're going to get an EV cycle here coming. But I think some of these EV names are actually showing some strength. I'd actually be a buyer of the pullback on Neo. I'd be a buyer of the pullback on Neo. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I've been seeing Tesla starting to look pretty strong there on the daily chart. And if you get a push towards 320, Elon's going quiet, towards huh? that trend line. What's Elon? It's a good thing when he's quiet now. He's in the court case. You got to watch a good Tesla. Thing. <laughs> Here's the problem with buying Tesla, though. And it's just the risk that Tesla got an upgrade today. But it's just the risk, you know, that all of a sudden you know, he's stuck with Twitter. So you have that going on, and they'll they'll hammer Tesla on that because two reasons: one, you know, they'll assume he has to sell more Tesla stock to raise capital by Twitter, and two is you know stretches himself thin. You know, he's already running SpaceX, he's already running you know that boring company, you know Tesla. Now all he's going to run Twitter. I mean, he's only one person, so um, I think that's why if you um, you know if you're buying Tesla here, there is a risk that you know if that Twitter case doesn't go Musk's way, Tesla could get hit on that. 
Here's another one in the EV space. We might as well just stay in there. Uh, Super Spackman talking about Rivian, and also uh, we got another mention for Rivian there. So this has been looking What's better there. I think it looks better than Coinbase. I'll tell you that much. Well, let's pull it up. I haven't looked at this one in a long time. All these EV names oh, are sneaky rally. Joel, the one thing we have seen a lot of weakness. It has not been in the EV names. No. Mm -hmm. So Rivian going up here. I know Lucent gets an, uh, an underway today, but just shrugging that off here too, or was maybe it was yesterday. Shrugging that off too. You're seeing relative strength in these EV names, and you have to respect that. And the lithium stocks, which we've talked about mm -hmm. on this show, have been unbelievable. You know, yep. LTHM approaching the highs. LAC oh, approaching man. the highs. ALB making a new – ALB, Albermill, making a new all-time high yesterday. So lithium, EV, that product cycle is coming. Yeah, and look at you're seeing some names. I think you want to be long these stocks. I think on pullbacks, I think you want to be long these names. Definitely. Um, and one of the things that I've talked about when we were having this whole year is looking forward to themes that will be important going into the next decade. Those are the investments that I think are the long-term approach that is going to be the biggest success out of this time when we've had this pandemic, we've had a down market, we've now had a discount on the market. These are the things that I'm looking at. LIDAR, uh, charging stations, lithium plays, EVs. These are what's going to drive the next decade of innovation. It's so true. There's going to be some big winners that you here. Want to have. We don't know which ones, you know, it's going to separate itself, but there's going to be some big winners. I'm betting on Fisker for the simple reason, two and a half billion dollar market cap. We're going to start seeing these cars on the road. So <laughs> that, to... you know, bringing it back to that, I know I'm bet I'm in lithium, LTHM. I wish uh -huh. I was in more lithium stocks. I wish I still had all of my LTHM. <laughs> I'm in Fisker. Um, I'm looking, you know, at pullbacks on some of these names though. If we get pullbacks, maybe the next, you know, whoosh down will bring some of these names back down, but. I think there's an opportunity here. There is. Um, definitely think there's something to watch, especially if you have a long-term approach, right? And then we're talking more investing than even swing or... Well, some or of these have trading. come to valuations that they're not necessarily reasonable, but some of these companies are actually going to grow into these valuations. So you can look, oh, none of them are making money. You can't own any stocks that don't make money. But you know what? Some of them could potentially get to profitability eventually too. So it's about small bets. You know, do I want to bet on a $40 billion market cap company that's not making money or do I want to bet on a $2 billion market cap company that's not making money? You know, so you got to kind of pick where you're going. Look at those market caps, though. Like Rivian didn't make any sense. It was trading over a $100 billion market cap and they're not making any money and there's no, you know, cars on the road. You know, that didn't make any sense. You know, does it make any sense of $40 billion or whatever it is now? Probably not. I'd probably stay away from that. But I like the relative strength. As a trade, I'd be a buyer. But, you know, some of these smaller ones are two, three billion dollar cap. Some of these are actually lottery tickets that might actually pay. All right. All right I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, yeah, it's overtime here. I'm just going to hop and just, just uh, you know, get to emphasize what I, you know, what I talked about earlier. And also this may apply to your stocks. You had that little rally and you got the unchanged at 65. 65 was unchanged. You went to 65 and a half and then the sellers came in. So that that level looming large here today. Uh, Mitch and Dennis, I'll catch up with you guys later. Everyone have a good day out there. All right. I'm going to go ahead and I'll take our super sticker. We did get a tip here, but I'll let Dennis and Joel get on out of here. I'll cover it because, of course, it's my bag that you're talking about, Kennedy. Uh, there's not many times where I've been stuck with a bag, but this is the one area that I made a mistake in. And I, I have talked about it and I'll admit it again here. For you guys, like always, sometimes we're going to have winners. Sometimes we're going to have losers. And this was one area that I've definitely taken a learning lesson from. Now, I still have the bag and some would say maybe I should have just cut it. I've put it away in the long-term account. I'm just keeping this for maybe five to 10-year outlook. So not stressing on it now, even though it is coming back. I can show you the monthlies right here. That's what I'm looking at, Kennedy, because that's what I'm focusing on, Jeannie. It's just starting to look for a monthly trend to come back. First level is going to be important for us is coming back through that 10 level. 
Once we get through that 10 level, then we could actually look to see if this company is going to be, you know, valued at what the growth outlook was. But it does have great deals. And a lot of these deals don't really start taking place until after this year. Um, and where they really start taking control is in the next five years. So this is where I'll be watching to see if Genie can come back. And sometimes you are going to get stuck with a bag. This is one of those that I'll just go ahead and purely tell you. Yeah, I got stuck in it. So, hey. To each his own, sometimes you're going to get stuck. Some people will admit their bags and some people will hide them away in the closet. I'm okay with being open about it and we'll see what happens in Genie Sports, Genius Sports. It's, it, it, I really believe in at least everything they have in their portfolio. Now the question is, will the investors get that price back? Because there are some really great contracts they have. That's not a doubt, but it did get knocked down. And it was a learning lesson in maybe not holding a loser in the investment account, especially when you see important levels being broken. I held this because I wanted to get more of the tax advantage when I got towards the profits. But as you guys can see, it's been a bag. We'll see what happens. All right, that's going to be it for me. Let's go ahead and wrap it on up. I'll bring you guys on over to none other than live trading. If you guys know, we're going to go ahead and get into it. Uh, live trading is back. Lord Ryan, Zunaid, and I are ready to get you guys right back into that trading action. Hit the like button for us if you guys are excited to get on over to live trading. And if you never made it before, I definitely recommend you come and check out this show. This is where we do live trading uh, options. We do some YOLOs. We do some equity trades. I'm normally looking at equities, and you guys know I've been in a trading competition. Um, so come check out how I'm doing in the competition only on live trading. I'll see you guys next time right here on pre-market prep. Hit the like before you get on out. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.